Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Inspiring Healthy Changes. I'm Lisa Blanche, naturopath and director of Gisborne Health Essentials. Today, we are talking about well-being and how to look after ourselves. So we have a special guest with us, Priya Call, who is a social worker and counsellor and has been working since 2003 with all ages, children, adolescents and adults. So welcome, Priya. Thanks for having me, Lisa. So nice to be here. Yeah, so it's an interesting time at the moment where we're seeing a lot of clients. You would be seeing them in, in your practice and we're certainly seeing them here where the um, we need to learn to ride those waves of the external world where there's so much happening in the external world and we just need some techniques and some ideas and tips in terms of what we can do on a daily basis to just to basically keep sane. What do you think? I agree, Lisa. I mean, it's been a really big two years, hasn't it? Like yeah. lots and lots of things have happened in the world external to us. We've lost a lot of control over things that um, we were so used to. We've, we've been through the world's longest lockdown. And during that time, I think, you know, we lost a lot of, um, a lot of con- social contact, which I think is like the primary thing that um, we as human beings really need um, as a baseline, we're social creatures and we're wired for connection. And so to suddenly have all those things change overnight and go on for very long periods of time um, really took its toll, I think. Um, it also was a time of reflection for some people and, you know, people could make different choices about how they wanted to live. I'm sure you've been hearing that too. Yeah, for sure. Where people have stopped to think about, um, well, that's how I used to live and this is now everything's on pause and what are the choices that I want to make for my life moving forward? I think that's a privileged position, of course. Not everybody had those choices to make. Um, that's important to remember but um, you know having said that I think we've all been through um, such an extraordinary time that we would have coped in all kinds of different ways and some ways of coping wouldn't have supported our sense of well-being um, or our connection with ourselves and you know whilst on the other hand people would have found ways to connect with themselves and kind of manage um, this incredible change that that we were going through. Yeah, definitely. And so what are you at the moment talking to your clients about? How are you supporting them to um, deal with everything that's going on in in their world? So now, of course, you know, we've suddenly become busy again and we're out trying to do all the things that we used to do. Um, there's no, there's not many restrictions around us, you know, and so people are back, slowly going back to work. Um, thankfully, we're connecting with people that we haven't been able to see for a long time. So with the people that I work with, I really encourage social contact and spending time with people that you love. Um, you know, not everybody does that, Lisa. That might be um, something that, you you know, you, you do in your life, but not everybody... Um, especially the people that I work with, find it easy to, um, you know, make those social connections or they're feeling anxious or they're feeling stressed or they're feeling depressed. And when they're feeling those, um, when they're feeling like that, it can be really hard to 
um, feel confident or to feel the you know that desire or that drive to go and do something more often than not the people that I work with feel like they can't be bothered or they don't or they feel anxious about going out or they feel um, stressed or um, we are certainly as well seeing some of that anxiety yeah. you know it's really tough when you've hardly seen anyone for so long and yeah. then everyone is out and about yeah. how to adjust that's it to that um, another thing that's happened is I think over two years of um, lockdowns is that those friendships that we might have had that weren't um, you know very close and intimate contact but those casual connections that we that we that daily contact that we had for example being at work you know you might um, see someone every day and you might have a five minute chat with them but they're not someone you would necessarily call up and uh, or hang out with so those kind of things all changed and I think it can be hard to re-establish that when you've had a, a two-year um, period where you you know you haven't there seen has been those, no contact that's it yeah. and you haven't seen those people you know yeah, for sure and so going back to the anxiety so those that are quite anxious at the moment so not just about getting out there but also because now there's other things going on as well so it's not just the pandemic there's a war there's um you know that those thoughts that are we ever going to get back to how we were before is there always going to be some some sort of stress or major stress or something major going on in the world how do we deal with that you know um so a lot of people that i work with are very anxious and if they weren't before they are now and yeah. so so you know when you're in an anxious state your brain tends to um look for it has a negativity bias right so it looks because you're in that anxious state there's stress chemical neurochemicals and stress hormones running through your body you may not be consciously aware of it but internally that's what's happening for us and our brain, so the areas, so when we're anxious, it's the very primal parts of our brain that are, that are lit up and are working. And those parts of our brain are seeking out like danger everywhere and negativity or like looking, scanning the environment for, you know, what I call danger cues so that you can keep yourself safe. But those cues that we're seeing aren't necessarily real or aren't necessarily accurate particularly if you're you know watching the news all the time or you're engaged in really depressing conversations constantly if you're constantly ruminating with somebody else about terrible things and what's going to happen next and you know and you're kind of immersed in the cycle of um, you can see how your anxiety, internal anxiety then is seeking out information that's kind of confirming all of that stuff and it's 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 on a loop can do you yeah. see what am i explaining yeah. that okay lisa yeah definitely yeah so, so how do we cut that loop <laughs> yeah so look i mean i think there are other ways of of keep staying informed but i think it's really important to think of your your brain and your well-being as something that you need to protect sometimes and you know that you need to kind of stay away from things that are, that are going to cause distress if you can but what i'm talking about particularly is um, distressing stories in the media so images that we watch on the news or the tv that are like repetitive um, and distressing you know for example i don't watch the news lisa and i don't have a tv but um if you are watching the news you know that the way that they um, broadcast stories is to have it's quite repetitive there are certain scenes that are played over and over again certainly if you surf channels there'll be like one or two, there'll be few kind of very um, 
you know, attention grabbing yep. kind of clips that will that are on repeat that you kind of see over and over and mm -hmm. over again. That kind of stimulation I don't think is healthy because it's it's really being stored inside and then your anxiety you know, it's feeding your anxiety really. So what I like to do is ask my clients to um, the people that I work with to kind of really think of protecting themselves from those things if they are really anxious about what's happening and to focus in their immediate world on things that are soothing, calming, um, people that you really want to spend time with. It can be one person, it can be two people going for walks in nature. You know, really simple things, Lisa, like things that are soothing. So, and we all know what that is. That's not, it's not rocket science, you know. Um, it's animals. not rocket science, but sometimes when we're stuck in that rut, yeah. it's difficult to see what we need to do. Yeah. So yeah. very simply, I ask people to have a think about what makes them feel really good. Mm -hmm. What is it that you, even if you don't enjoy it now, what what did you used to enjoy? Was it being active? Was, was it sports? Was it certain people? Was it your animals? Was it being out in nature, camping, um, walking? Really simple things. I'm not talking about getting complicated in any way. Art, um, things that are soothing that you can really like if you sewing, um, you know, um, knitting, all these things, um, painting, making things, Lego, um, building models, things that kind of require your attention to focus narrowly into one thing. And when you do that, it really begins to calm your body and it calms your mind and you're not all over the place. It's very soothing. Right. Beautiful. Even listening to you right now, talking about that is very soothing. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. And, you know, of course, people who meditate will know this. When you focus your attention on your breath or your inner world, things quieten down for a little while, right? So, but not everybody likes to meditate or not everybody feels compelled to do that. But there are other ways of putting, bringing your attention that's scattered all over the place externally back to yourself a little bit. And I think that in itself is soothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, beautiful. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's great. Excellent. So gardening, and, I'm sorry. Yeah, to, you no, you go. You know how people love to garden? Yep. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a great gardener, but, some, you know, people who love to garden will tell you that, you know, they get really immersed in the soil and, and the, you know, it's very visceral and, um, you know, they, they remain, it's something that helps them to be really present in that moment. So anything that helps you to be present in that moment, I think is soothing and regulating of the nervous system and your mind and your body. Beautiful. And we touched on earlier uh, when Priya and I were having a chat about emotions and how to honour the different emotions that do come up from time to time and how, you know, I, I often talk about the happy bubble, but it's not about just staying, you know, just only ever being happy. It's not about that. It's about acknowledging all the different emotions that do come up. Yeah. I mean, we all know, I think, Lisa, like, if, you, if you're happy, it, there's always sadness on the other side of it. If you're, you know, yeah. these extremes of emotions and, you know, the polar opposites, right? So I think peaceful, being peaceful or kind of doing things that are soothing, that are, um, that are calming, uh, are more actually beneficial than seeking happiness here, there and everywhere because you can't have that prolonged state, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And because that's not the nature of emotions, emotions. Yeah. And then when we do have other emotions come up that uh, perhaps are more difficult to deal with, yeah. 
how do we how how would you suggest that we approach them so i think as a society we're taught and we're conditioned to um really push away negative emotions right yeah, yeah. we don't like them they don't feel good um and we we tend to suppress them so alcohol stimulants um binge eating cakes you know sweets we all love those things um but people use them to to unconsciously or sometimes even consciously to push down their emotions right yeah, so when yeah. difficult emotions come up we don't like the way we feel um and we want to change it somehow so people would might reach out for an alcohol drink um in more extreme cases people might use substances to manage their emotions some people use food to manage their emotions other people use sex i mean there's all kinds of different things that people use very unconsciously sometimes consciously to change their emotional um state right and so and we and we're kind of conditioned this way as a society that you know it's not good to feel bad or sad or angry or jealous or um this but these are normal human emotions and yeah. if we just let if we don't judge them and if we just let them kind of you know come and just pass through um they don't tend to stick around for very long they're very very impermanent what happens so how do we get them to not stick how do we get them to move along so i mean one one way that i do teach my my the people that i work yeah. with to do is just when you're feeling an emotion to to just lie down or if you can go to a quiet place and just feel it in your body so not necessarily think it through but you mm-hmm. feel this what it feels like in your body is your heart rate is your heart racing is your so does your body feel tense and constricted so just to feel it and observe it in your inner inner state like in yeah. your body and it usually just it part it changes it doesn't stay constant but what will happen is we tr- if we try if we just say we're feeling really angry for example right i mean we've all had this experience of being really angry and it feels good to just kind of yell or shout or kind of give it some expression mm-hmm. right so if we want to do that healthy health in a healthy way without hurting anyone notice the anger let it come you know you can journal it write it out you can go outside and scream and shout you can just let it out of your body watch it come and go without hurting anyone else or your or yourself and then it it kind of passes right but what happens is it's so uncomfortable or we think it's wrong or we think we shouldn't that we suppress it and then that's where it then causes more damage because it it's then stored and accumulated and it builds up builds up and then we're going to explode one day and we're going to hurt somebody with our words or our aggression you know or, um, or yeah. we hurt ourselves by by suppressing that anger right yeah it isn't easy what what i'm saying isn't easy i mean i don't find it easy i when also, you're in the moment yeah. of that anger but it totally makes sense yeah. to see how that's impacting the body because once you're observing that anger well it has to dissipate something has to move yeah. doesn't it with yeah. the observation of it yeah and um so you know an idea that i find very interesting and you know is that a, a lot of people are saying that because we're we're social animals so mm-hmm. we're animals right and there were lots of natural instincts that we had that we've been socially conditioned to suppress so one of those things is that when we get really really stressed 
okay? Animal, what happens in the animal kingdom is that when there's trauma or stress or when they get terrified or when they've, when they've been nearly attacked or when there's been a near-death experience, they go somewhere quiet and they shake, their body just begins to tremble and mm -hmm. shake. And so that's all the tension and the stress and of that experience being released in the body. And then they just get up and then off they go and they're fine. Yeah. And apparently yeah. humans had that, but we've been socially conditioned out of that response. Because can you imagine if we, <laughs> if we were like shaking and trembling? Some people do feel that naturally, but if you're out in a public space, you might think, you know, oh gosh, calm yourself down, stop it, act normal, act normal. So over hundreds of years, we've actually then... We've just learned how to suppress everything. Wow, right? that's amazing. And I think of our chickens at home and I see them do it. Like something will happen, they'll have a fight or, and then they just shake and then they just keep eating yeah. and, and they're all good. And also I remember when James was young and screaming or giving me a hard time or having a hard time himself, should I say. And I remember, <laughs> I remember just instead of getting annoyed and screaming which you can't do when they're young because they don't know what they're doing i would start singing one of his t songs as loudly as i possibly could because that was my way of just getting it out there without yeah. it impacting others yeah. that sort of same idea of shaking yeah. but instead i was using the voice and it was yeah. really effective because james i was i'm such a silly singer you know, he'd end up laughing yeah. and then that would get him out of his, his rut as well. And, and then yeah. you can connect again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not that anger is wrong. Yeah. It? It's just that you found a different way to shift through it and move through it. Yeah. Something that I've been doing, which I really like, okay, so is, um, so, you know, we've, through the day, this is just normal, natural stresses that build up of being busy and talking to lots of people. But I'll go home and it'll be quiet. And just for five minutes, I'll play a song that's very like pumpy and upbeat. -y. Yeah, and great. I'll put the lights off and, and I've got my salt lamps on. And then I just dance. But I'm like shaking my body and no one's there. It's just me and I don't care. It's not like this beautiful dance. It's like really just feeling and just, and I imagine the stress is just leaving my body and I feel so good and the song's so energizing. And I, you know, imagine just shaking it out of all my limbs and it's fun. Yeah. It's really nice. And you can't, Beautiful. you really just, you have to do these things though. You can't, talking about, if you do it, you then go, oh my gosh, that was five minutes and that just made me feel so good. Yeah. Amazing. Right? Yeah. And that is such a great idea yeah. after work, just to shake it off or yeah. after any kind of stressful period, finding whatever you can, whatever yeah, works it. for you yeah. to shake it off. Yeah. Beautiful. And then you're just managing that everyday stress, aren't you? Rather than that building up in yeah. the system and contributing to other feelings as yeah. well. There are so many different ways we take yeah. this, right? Yeah. No, and it's just about finding something that makes you feel good, that helps you to manage the stresses and the tensions that we accumulate. Because we're not meant to live such fast-paced, stimulating, visually stimulating lives constantly mm, just not it's too to. much yeah. yeah that's wonderful I like that one I'm gonna start uh, dancing fun. when I get yeah. home yeah. <laughs> crazy dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you all do it imagine if you did yeah. it just for five minutes it's not yeah. even like I've done it before yeah. I've just forgotten it about good, that it, it feels really yeah. good yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. excellent 
Well, thank you, Priya. They're great um, ideas of what we can start to do. Obviously, if you need more in-depth support, do see uh, a practitioner to support you. Priya is working as well um, and seeing private clients, so that is an option for you. Priya also does workshops with us here too that are always fun and engaging and everyone gets a lot out of those evenings. So... Um, thank you so much, Priya, for coming along today and chatting to us. Thank you. So you make it really easy. <laughs> that's great. And if you have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Inspiring Healthy Changes. And as always, we'd love to hear what you think. 